The world is evolving at a faster pace than ever before. As we begin the path to recovery after worldwide disruption, this podcast explores how the design industry can adapt to changing expectations and create a better future for your businesses and consumers. I'm your co-host, Peter Marion, and you're listening to Create Tomorrow, the WGSN podcast. season this year is going to be an incredibly complex one. People are dealing with restrictions on movement and gathering, but really looking to find moments of joy and connection after an incredibly difficult year. According to one survey that covered the US, UK, China, Germany and France, 44% of people reported some decline in income this year, but 82% plan to spend the same or more over the holiday period. So people are really looking for ways of celebrating safely despite all of the challenges and restrictions that we're facing. As people celebrate in smaller groups and connect with each other via video tools, the holiday season this year will be fundamentally different. To explore how people are going to be celebrating this year and how companies will need to adapt, I'm going to be joined by some of my fantastic colleagues. I'll be joined by Jen Creevy, Head of Food and Drink. Hey, Jen. Hi, Peter. And I'm also joined by Jenny Middleton, Director of Beauty. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Hi, Peter. I'm really well, thank you. And last but not least, I'm joined by Jess Tang, who is a senior consultant based in Hong Kong. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What are the holidays likely to look like in Hong Kong this year? Yeah, I'm personally super looking forward to the holidays already, but as one of the key um, first regions experiencing the virus, so we have so far experienced a few waves or spikes of the cases already. Um, There have been relaxed social distancing measures for the past few months, so we have allowed larger group gatherings and including banquets and celebrations, religious, religious activities. But then we have just gone back to tighter restrictions, unfortunately, the past week because we are entering the fourth wave so meaning close of bars nightclubs for at least a week so and um, but looking ahead into the holiday season it seems like people are going to be a lot more cautious including myself but I guess the challenge is to figure out how can we still celebrate while dealing with pandemic fatigue and in terms of how people celebrate in Hong Kong is the celebration largely focused on Lunar New Year in January Yeah, so looking ahead, people are, um, so in December, in uh, next month, there will be a Winter Solstice Festival, which is largely celebrated among um, the Chinese or in East Asian cultures. So that normally it would represent large family gatherings, dinner gatherings, reunions, where people will go back to their homes to meet their grandparents and parents. Um, But also Christmas because of, you know, the cultural context in Hong Kong, Christmas is also widely celebrated here as well but also in other um, cities in Asia in Asia as well but then looking ahead it's going to be I, I assume that people are going to take a, lot, a little bit more of a cautious attitude in how they're going to celebrate and um, size wise in terms of the format and experience they're, they're expected that there will be um, it will be changed it will be shifted onto you know smaller gatherings and maybe rethinking whether people should host these large family gatherings and so on. 
I think because we've had this really challenging year and we've had all of these restrictions around movement and we're going to continue to face these restrictions, there's a real desire, and we're really seeing this in the research that we've been doing, to celebrate and have this really cathartic experience over the Christmas and broader holiday period, as depending on sort of what uh, what religion and culture you're in. But what's this likely to look like in terms of the products and experiences that we're going to buy into? Um, maybe, Jen Creevy, you're probably the best person to start talking about this, because when I think about this, I always think about food as kind of the the linking thing that we have between our families. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. So I think we're already getting used to the quieter celebrations. So um, in this lockdown that we're just in at the moment in the UK, we've just had Diwali, for example, which was much quieter. Earlier in the year, we had Eid, which was also in another lockdown. So we're definitely getting used to these smaller, quieter celebrations. And brands uh, and retailers have had a little bit of time to prepare for the Christmas holidays. Um, You know, they weren't caught off guard like they were in March. So we are seeing, we will see for um, some of these celebrations, much smaller portions. So for Christmas, for example, we'll have smaller turkeys, maybe just a turkey crown, um, smaller sort of packs for two or even families of four, as opposed to the big celebrations. We'll also see uh, lots of pre-prepared meals and no fuss dishes, um, because after the year we've had, nobody wants a stressful Christmas in the kitchen. Um, so we'll be seeing a lot of that. And then also, I think really excitingly, um, we've also seen um, the explosion of restaurant at home meals throughout um, the various lockdowns. So lots of those restaurants are now doing Christmas meal kits, which I think is really, really exciting for people. We've already seen, for example, um, on our social media tracking that in the in uh, in the US, we've seen Thanksgiving meal kits um, being tracked over social media. So that's clearly something that people are looking for. You know, it's it's the ultimate no fuss dish, really, isn't it? So you can have um, you know a restaurant style meal without any fuss. So I think that's perfect for the celebrations. Um, and then a couple of other things. One other thing I would say is um, in terms of food, people are still looking for. Um, special affordable food affordable luxuries really so it is a time to celebrate um, but of course it's been a very difficult year so a lot of people are facing um, challenges around affordability and value of course Um, so brands have really pulled out all the stops to make sure people can still celebrate so just one example um, we're seeing lots of products that are flavoured with synthetic truffle so you get the flavour of truffle but without the price Um, So people will still be looking for those little affordable luxuries to celebrate with with their households this year. Yeah, and I think that that idea of um, the stress-free meals really resonates because it's that idea of everyone has been so anxious and stressed out over the course of the year. Um, In terms of how that will um, translate to somewhere like beauty, Jenny, what's that going to look like in terms of gifting? Is it really going to be about those sorts of gifts that help to, you know, make us feel more relaxed or how is that going to turn out from the beauty sector? Well, I think one of the most interesting things is that we all talked about in our introductions about how we'd be spending less time with people that we usually do at this time of year. And I think what beauty can do and what we've been seeing and tracking over the past few months is that beauty can step in and replicate some of the sensations and feelings and experiences of being 
with the people we love and the places we love, even when we physically can't be. So we've seen a lot of beauty products coming out that replicate that sense of, of touch, that sensation of touch that we're all missing. We're all living in a touch famine at the moment. So beauty tools like brushes or little sensorial applicators that bring warmth or replicate human touch, they're going to become really popular. And lots of gift sets that include beauty tools or sensorial textures of product will become important. But also fragrance has become really important during the last few months because it has this ability through the aroma to remind us of those people that we don't have physically in our in our homes and in our lives at the moment. So Homesick have brought out this lovely candle, which is like Grandma's Kitchen. Anecdote have got one called Grandad's Cardigan. Um, Babe, uh, the the drinks company in the in the US, they've uh, linked up with um, Candia, and they've done this range of candles that remind you of live stadium sports gigs. So there's like ones called eighteen dollar <laughs> nachos, and there's another one um, that's that's ironically called jockstrap so um there's lots of fragrances that are replicating the the sense the 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 aroma of coffee shops and libraries and bookstores and things that are reminding us of just the places we we you know we want to be at that we can't be at so i think the the aroma and the texture of beauty products is going to be really dialed up whereas normally we'd be thinking about buying beauty products at this time of the year for christmas parties now we're going to be thinking much more about it for self-care and you're right some of that is is stress relief and and treating ourselves because we need to make an occasion of this right and we need it to be a joyful occasion as much as we can but a safe one and some of it is around just kind of finding a different role for beauty beyond the aesthetic and that's what it's really done during this pandemic And I think one of the other things that I keep thinking about is obviously the gift set and, you know, the sort of fragrance gift set that you get at the department stores and and I guess at the sort of large uh, drugstore chains. Are they likely to be as popular this year or is it going to change as a result of people not necessarily celebrating in the same way? Well, what we've seen during the pandemic is that it's obviously very hard to discover fragrances. So, you know, the beauty hall hasn't been operating in the same way. So we've seen people buying their beauty stables, not in the the luxury boutiques and the beauty halls of department stores, but online or in supermarkets. So what that's meant is, is we've seen a, a, an uptick in fragrances that you don't need to smell to know what they're like. So more lavender, more peony, more rose, for example. And of course, as well as that, they're also very nostalgic fragrances. So they're enabling us to sort of, you know, take us back to a, a more comforting time when we weren't living with this pandemic. So that has a, an impact in terms of nostalgia. And we'll definitely see, you know, an uptick in terms of things like cinnamon, cloves and those kind of fragrances, not just from the lovely food that Jane Creevy was describing earlier, but also in the candles and the, and the body creams and the, and the lotions we'll be buying. But also, I think gifting is going to be different this year because people have got to find new reasons to buy certain beauty categories. And what we've seen from brands is some real innovation around how they're incentivizing people to buy. So, for example, um, in the early part of this pandemic, we were talking a lot about the Jimmy Choo lipstick, which uses um, Iris Crush, the scent in the lipstick. Killian did a similar thing. And that fragrance is only going to be smelt by the wearer. But it's about giving you another reason to buy a lipstick, another reason to choose colour cosmetics. And as we've gone through this period and into into the sort of more Thanksgiving in the US or um, Christmas um, over here, you know, in Europe, 
We've seen kind of brands like Thrive Cosmetics, for example, who've brought out a pumpkin spice latte version of its lipstick. And Espresso um, have got a lipstick that smells like, like coffee. So finding other reasons to buy. I mean, Tom Ford's famous one is about the fact that it has the most reassuring click of a lipstick bullet. It just feels lovely when you click it together. There have just got to be other reasons to buy cosmetics if we're not going out to parties. And brands are really innovating and finding those reasons to encourage people to to want to buy them. So I think we will continue to buy beauty, but it will just look a little bit different. happening in Asia to just sort of shift the focus for a second and can, Jess can you give us a little bit more uh, depth in what's happening in terms of how people have been celebrating obviously Diwali has just passed so maybe you've got a little bit more of a sense of how people the broader sort of celebration celebratory period has been going. So two weeks ago it was Diwali and reality is a lot of people who live overseas have not been able to fly home for the celebration um, well in India the authorities have enforced pretty strict protocols, including mandatory face masks and social distancing policies and public spaces. But these are actually quite tough to implement, you know, in reality because of all the coronavirus stress, anxiety and fatigue people are experiencing. Essentially for important festivals like Diwali or the Eid or um, even the upcoming um, Lunar New Year festival, these types of festivals are literally a ray of light in the darkness. So, but as seen on social media and also our verified, verified by our um, local network, people continue to socialize. They continue to go to ceremonies. They continue to do family gatherings. Um, I would say um, intergenerational family gatherings are still quite core in these festival celebrations, um, especially in countries with large populations like India, China, and especially for those who live in multi-generational homes or those who have family in the same country or city. But um, looking ahead into the future, the size, scale, format of these gatherings Um, will probably be redefined. So for example, instead of 50 family members all in the same room, let's do 10, 12, right? Instead of going out for a big festive 12-course meal, let's stay home for an intimate hot pot potluck. Or there will be plans for um, multiple smaller scale gatherings instead of one big gathering for everyone. Or there will be, you know, new motivation to celebrate with different groups and clusters of friends and family. And people may even choose to celebrate earlier or later to avoid the crowd. So I, I expect um, these kinds of attitudes and the behaviors to continue in the upcoming key festivals, winter solstice or Dongzhi in Chinese next month, um, or Lunar New Year upcoming in 2021. And I mean, that idea of the smaller gatherings and celebrating earlier is something that we've really been picking up across all of, uh, even in the West as well. I mean, it's something that I wrote about in a report that's just come out about people. One of the memes I saw was really about um, the Mariah Carey Christmas album starting to track up in terms of social media trends um, back in, <laughs> in October, which made me laugh so much. But it's it's always funny when you start to see the inspiration for some of these things or some of the data points. Um, but in terms of like uh, Lunar New Year 
and how that's likely to be celebrated. Obviously, it's looking ahead and it's quite challenging to be looking ahead at the moment. But what's that likely to look like? Because obviously, that's a huge celebration in Asia and it's a really important one. So how is that likely to be different in terms of behaviours and spending patterns and things like that? Yeah, a few months down the line, you know, Lunar New Year in 2021 it will be in February. But with the on and off, you know, unpredictable spike of coronavirus cases, home celebrations will be um, will continue to be important in Asia. So Lunar New Year celebrations in East and Southeast Asia will probably see a drive in demand for gifts or services to spice up the, the home experience. So, and again, addressing the need for positivity and the festive spirit, um, people will probably splurge a little bit, pamper themselves or loved ones at home, or even make up for the not so normal festival experience. So say, for example, recently um, in Korea for the um, Chisok uh, Festival. So that's Korea's Thanksgiving. Um, Hyundai, the department store, they have seen the rise in sales of premium Korean beef sets. So that the sales has more than tripled compared to last year as a lot of people have canceled trip, but instead bought really nice gifts for their family members or for themselves to celebrate the festival in favor of staying socially distancing. But then there's another extreme here in Asia um, from verified from our local network in Thailand. A segment of customers have actually continued to party, planning parties, planning to socialize for the upcoming festivals. And so, and as if the coronavirus does not exist. So some people are adopting kind of a head, more hedonistic approach in face of the pandemic at the same time. So essentially there's no one type of behavior that may, that could define you know, how people would react during the holiday season, but it all depends on you know specific customer types in Asia. As this year has been incredibly difficult for so many people and retailers and brands have really shown up in the first part of the pandemic. You know, they pivoted to making hand sanitizer, they pivoted to making PPE and all that sort of stuff. And and obviously, you know, the challenges that people are facing are continuing, particularly around food poverty and things like that. And I was just wondering, um, where do you see this sort of corporate purpose and charitable giving looking like into the holiday period and into 2021? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Peter. So we obviously did see a real focus on the community um, throughout the earlier lockdown and, and continued, which, you know, it's a great thing, really. We obviously saw lots more deliveries to food banks, people helping out their neighbours, uh, food deliveries. Lots of the restaurants, even though they've had an incredibly tough year, have been providing uh, food for um, school children, for example, or for the elderly that can't leave their houses. So it has been a real sense of community uh, around the globe, which has been amazing. You know, even things like just having a drink with a neighbour stood outside in, on the street. Um, you know, we've seen lots of those examples. So brands are really um, focusing on this and focusing on the local community. So. For example, around the celebrations, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people saying I'm only going to um, buy locally this year for my for my Christmas presents, for example. So I think those brands um, that will win out in this occasion will really focus on the mission. And, and so whether it's, you know, charitable giving, you know, part of their um, part of their corporate 
social responsibility or whether it is a local brand just showing what they can do, whether it's using local farms to make the produce or tying in with um, charities. Um, You know, I think it's going to be really important this year. We've also been talking about this, I think, in beauty as well. Leveraging the local has been a really big trend um, for us that we were talking about before the pandemic. But um, hygiene poverty has really been in the media spotlight um, as we've gone through this pandemic and we've realised the importance of kind of, you know, personal care and hygiene. And we've seen, as you were saying, Peter, a lot of um, product houses in beauty pivoting to produce much needed hand sanitizer and soap during the beginning of this pandemic, but also donating those products through beauty banks and and, and other charitable um, kind of, you know, donation schemes to make sure that families can not only be fed, but also be clean and therefore safe. So that cause-driven beauty is something we've been talking about for some time but consumers want to buy from brands that do actually leave the world in a better place Um, and we will see those kind of messages and that kind of reset of brand priorities continuing to permeate in in all sectors but but definitely as Jen was saying in food and and definitely in my sector in beauty we're we're seeing that come through strongly already. As we're facing really different circumstances this year, I mean Jen you sort of talked about this a little bit earlier you know the idea of challenged incomes and looking for luxury at at sort of different price points but then I guess the other there's a flip side around that which is that for a lot of us who the lucky ones among us who haven't had our incomes challenged over this period we haven't been going out for dinners we haven't been going on holiday we haven't necessarily been spending on fashion and so there's ultimately a little bit more money potentially saved up and obviously we're really wanting to spend and celebrate so what's that likely to look like in terms of spending for the people that haven't necessarily have been uh, negatively impacted uh, financially over the course of this year yeah so i think i think you're right peter people do want to celebrate um during you know the festivities but i think it still will be um moderated because we've had a very very difficult year so i think one of the things that we're seeing um we'll always have the more hedonistic as as jess said who will want to go to the restaurants as soon as they open um and want to you know buy the sort of expensive food and drinks however for the majority of people i think this year has shown um a real joy of the small things in life so whether that is you know, simply taking a walk in the countryside or a walk on the beach uh, or um, so in terms of food, I think we're seeing real trends around that. So, for example, um, baking kits um, that people have at home or whether they might do them with their kids or even a baking class that you do over Zoom. So, um, you know, I did one with my son and then one of his friends in their house and we did a pasta making class together. Um, so it's, it's, it's those small things that I think people will be will be looking for this year. So that could be novelty foods or even advent calendars. Or things like, um, you know, we've seen small bottles of gin for baubles on your Christmas tree. I think people will really be taking joy in those small things around around the celebrations rather than sort of splashing out too hedonistically. I 
And I think I'm just going to kind of go back to something that Jen was talking about, this idea of pivoting back towards video. And, and that idea of, I think one of the things that we're really seeing at the moment is this sense of Zoom fatigue. I mean, uh, as colleagues, I'm sure we've all been spending, I think I spent something like six hours on, on video conferences yesterday, on video meetings. And obviously, as we're moving into, you know, we're continuing through these lockdown periods and things like that, and we're going to have to be celebrating. I mean, my family is in Australia. All of my Christmas this year is going to be done via video conferencing. But it gets to a point where you kind of like, okay, I can't do another um, family quiz. And if I keep staring at my computer drinking drinking wine, I'm probably going to get really depressed. Um, so in terms of that shift, I guess, around the video conferencing, should we should brands and businesses uh, be doing what you were sort of talking about a little bit earlier, Jen, um, shifting towards those sorts of classes as a means of creating connection and uh, building relationships over the holiday period? So I think, I think it's... Um... I think what you said earlier in terms of you have to be strategic with these things because, yeah, as most adults are spending their entire day on video calls, um, if you're working from home, it's not what you want to do in the evenings or at the weekends. You're absolutely right. But I think it's creating those moments. So if you're if you're getting kids involved, it might be, like I said, a baking class or even if it's... Um, if it's uh, for an adults, obviously lots of the chefs are now doing Instagram videos where you can follow them with your meal kits to create your Michelin star dish at home. So it's kind of short, sharp, strategic, meaningful moments that I think brands should focus on um, and something where you can get more than one person involved. So you don't have to be sat there right in front of the screen. You can be moving around your kitchen, cooking, those sorts of things. So we want to be active um, after we've you know sat at, sat at our desks all day. Um, but I think it can really create a sense of connection. And we are all, as Jenny said, we are all craving that connection right now. So I think it's being really strategic about what you're doing um, and creating the small moments, but not having people sat there just in front of a screen. And one of the things, uh, Jenny, you and I have talked about a little bit so far this year, and you're, I know that you're quite excited to be discussing on this podcast. Um, as a result of uh, many of the restrictions, there are different members of the family that are likely to be getting more gifts this year. Um, so tell us about that. Who, who is going to be getting gifts this year that might not necessarily have been getting gifts last year? So obviously we've seen pet ownership spike during um, the lockdowns. You know, our pet companions have helped us with that touch famine I was talking about earlier. And we've done a number of reports on this on WGSN Beauty because one of the things that we know that, that consumers spend money on during a, a recession is uh, their children and their pets. And lots of people have become pet parents during this period and new pet owners really, you know, who spent a lot of money, some of them getting, you know, beautiful cockapoos or whatever, they um, they have decided that they're they... Very expensive at the moment, Jen. Very, very expensive. They are very expensive. But if you've spent that money, um, you know, getting your, 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 your pampered pooch, you want to pamper them. So um, the people who've spent money on buying dogs will be spending money on beauty products for the dog. Um, or the cat or whatever other animal you've got. But predominantly, um, what we've seen here is that a real shift from sort of cat nippers or very kind of functional doggy shampoo, we're seeing here companies producing luxury gift sets so that you would use them as a pet parent with your pet. So 
whatever product you can think of from a wellness or beauty perspective that you'd use on a human being, you can now get for your cat or dog. So this is a real opportunity for beauty brands to think about extending their portfolios. And we've seen some really clever brand innovations. And the idea is, is that you have the experience, the meaningful experience, as Jen was saying earlier, but you just, <laughs> you just, you just have it with your pet and you basically create a little spa experience. So, um, yeah, we've got some amazingly cute pictures on our site. And I know that most of the team at WGSN have been enjoying looking at those. But these are really expensive. You know, we're talking about, you know, stuff worth hundreds of dollars. So this is a real opportunity for beauty brands and also for pet brands to think about extending um, into this different area because that is creating a connection between pet and pet parent that is going to really define, I think, 2020 and 2021. Gosh, I can't wait to see some of these collaborations that are likely to come through off the back of this. It's going to be very exciting. And I also can't wait to get my own pet at some point so that I can start buying into this. Um, But uh, we're running out of time. Uh, So uh, as always, we ask, um, what's the one thing that brands should be doing in the immediate term and in the longer term to respond to these shifts around celebration? Jenny, do you want to go first? Yes. So I think um, in the short term, um, it's really important to do what Jen was saying earlier and build connection. During the original lockdown, we saw a lot of brands um, allowing consumers to have a sort of intimate look behind the scenes at the people who were creating brands. So we saw hairdressers, makeup artists, nail technicians doing the sorts of things that Jen was saying about chefs and actually inviting people into their homes and showing them how to achieve that perfect blow dry or amazing looking manicure. So keeping that connection going you know consumers have got used to that level of intimacy and holding back the curtain and sort of seeing behind the scenes on how products are made or how they should be used that's going to become really important that's a really sort of sticky behavior and then in the in the longer term medium to longer term you know what's really important here is to think about consumers needs in beauty so we all talked about being on video calls during this this um podcast And of course, we know that that's going to be a continuing feature of our lives. Even after we've got a vaccine, our work lives have shifted dramatically. And that means that consumers are going to want product that works. So products with blue light filter protection, product that enables you to look really good and groomed on camera so that you look the part. And in an uncertain job market, people are going to want to make sure that they look good when they see their boss on a meeting, that they look groomed, they look engaged. So, you know, defining kind of you know what kind of color cosmetics those people might want is going to become really important for brands and thinking about how to help them with product that makes them look good and professional but also then helping them you know make sure that their days are punctuated by a change of pace and as I've said um, beauty can really help you you do that and I think we'll see some really inventive ways of bringing the outside in so There's some beautiful, Alpina have got this amazing kind of um, uh, uh, fragrance that enables you to to think about being transported uh, and going skiing. So for lots of people, we'll see kind of beaches and winter holidays brought into their homes. And it's thinking about what can beauty do to kind of replicate what we're missing? And it's already started doing that really well. And brands need to continue to think about that for the, you know, for the next few months. And longer term, yeah, um, really think about how our beauty regimes will change, more leave on, more leave in products as we've got more flexibility around the way that we work. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And what about you, Jess? In the short term, as the festive season approaches, consumers will desire deeper connections with people, friends, and family. They want to engage and celebrate with people they love and care about. So brands should engage to help customers feel connected and build meaningful connections despite the challenging times. Addressing the need for joy and positivity in a not-so-normal festive season, in the long run, brands have a role in finding ways to rebuild hope and foster an optimistic spirit. Brands should, should explore entertaining and pampering experiences that would make up for cancelled trips or gatherings. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And what about you for you, Jen? Um, so I think a few things here for the food industry. So um, one of the things to come out of this um, challenging year um, is the fact that people are thinking about where their food comes from a lot more. Um, and, you know, I, so I think the issue of sustainability will come back with a, a real punch uh, early next year. So consumers will want to know, you know, where their food has come from, what, you know, what, what the brand is doing for the environment, um, you know, that they're buying from. So I think, you know, brands are already doing a great job of this, but those real mission driven messages will be really, really important, whether it's around the packaging or the actual food product itself. So I think that will be key going into into next year. Um, and also, uh, as, as Jenny said, self-care will be really, really important considering the challenging year we will have and will continue to face into next year. So um, issues around immunity uh, and health will really, really spike come January following uh, all of these celebrations. So brands, again, I mean, health has always been huge for food and drink, but it will just become more and more important as, as we go into um, the year where people want each part of their day to be balanced so you know eat you know their breakfast their lunch their dinner you know snacks they want them they will want them all to be supporting this sort of health and well-being uh, so that will be really really important um, and then just lastly uh, we've mentioned it before but it is very very important that brands focus on value going into next year I mean this has been really really tough economically for a lot of people around the world so you know we can't get away from that and I think you know they're already doing a great job and they'll continue to a great to do a great job but they really need to innovate around value um, because it has been a very challenging year. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to the WGSN podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please subscribe to us. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. And if you really like what you heard, then please leave us a rating and review. It really does help us to get the word out there. Next week will be a special episode where the spotlight is turned on WGSN as Essential Chief Content Officer David Davies interviews Carla Basashi about the challenges, changes and triumphs WGSN has faced in 2020. But in the interim, if you want to learn more about what we've been talking about today, then head over to WGSN.com to find out how you can get access to much more insight and analysis. If you're already a WGSN subscriber, head over to the site where we've pulled together some of our research on celebrating and the holidays with the key points from this podcast in one handy report. Thanks to our guests for being here. And I'd also like to thank our show producers, Roland Bodenham and Bethan Ryder. And again, thank you for being here. Please stay well and healthy and we'll see you next time. Bye.